Hi, I'm Isra Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's The Bear, starring Jeremy Allen White, Ayo Adebri, and Eben Moss Backrack. Season two follows as the crew work to transform their grimy sandwich joint into a next level spot. It turns out the only thing harder than running a restaurant is opening a new one. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com slash FYC. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It is Monday, January 9th. Professional wrestling may be a fake sport, but it's a real business. WWE actually generated more than $1 billion in revenue in 2021, the first time it hit that milestone. And most of that money comes from TV and streaming rights with NBC Universal and Fox as their big partners. WWE is actually publicly traded with a market value of about $5 billion, and it's controlled and run by one Vince McMahon, who is a very big deal if you're into wrestling. He often wrote himself into the WWE storylines. He was a big deal for about 40 years. Or I should say it was run by McMahon until he retired, in quotes, last year, about four decades after founding WWE, amid the disclosure that he paid off several women who had alleged sexual misconduct. Vince was replaced by a trio, his daughter Stephanie, who became the face of WWE, her husband Paul Levesque, a wrestler who goes by the name Triple H and runs the creative, and Nick Khan, who's a former CAA agent and runs the business and negotiates those TV deals. WWE was doing really well without Vince, actually. Nick's been on the show before, and he talked a little bit about that. Because of its profitability and the fact that Vince, who still owns a controlling stake in the company, is now 77 years old, WWE is perpetually rumored to be for sale. And its stock has held steady for that reason, even as most entertainment stocks have been in the toilet this last year. Last week, something really interesting happened. Vince declared his intention to return to the WWE with the express purpose of pursuing a sale. He knows the company's about to negotiate new TV deals, so it's at perhaps the peak of its value. And there's a window for someone to swoop in, maybe a streaming service, many of which are known to want to own sports content. Maybe a private equity firm along with a broadcaster. Maybe something out of left field like the Saudi Arabian government. Maybe Fox or Comcast, they're already in business with, would want to be those buyers. There's not a lot of opportunities to own sports content these days. Endeavor bought the UFC a few years ago, and that enabled the company to go public. They're dealing with the fallout of the video of Dana White hitting his wife this week. Bellator, another MMA league, has been the subject of speculation. Netflix has been known to be trolling around for smaller sports leagues. It's an interesting time for this boardroom drama to be happening at WWE. So we're going to dive into that today with Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. Maybe I should say body slam it. Who's going to buy WWE? From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. Okay, we are here with Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. Lucas, welcome. Glad to be back from Vegas. We, we both went there and somehow missed each other. Yeah, I did not connect with you there because I was only there for a night and I figured I'd talk to you once a week anyways. Fair enough. I was also only there for a night. Oh, really? Oh. 36 hours. That's my Vegas rule. 
Oh, really? See, I can go a little longer, but uh, of course I lost my voice. Now it's coming back now that I'm home, but we'll see. All right. So while we were in Vegas, some big news dropped from the WWE, like a pile driver. They announced that Vince McMahon is coming back. This is probably the least surprising news in the history of WWE. The guy who went away six months ago, people had finally stopped talking about him. And all of a sudden, you know, surprise twist, third act, he's back. And he now it says he's coming back to oversee potential sale or to evaluate their strategic options in the corporate parlance. And I just think this is crazy. I don't understand. I mean, he's certainly not helping. WWE. Everybody knew they were for sale. Everybody knew they were out there putting feelers out. Now, the last thing you want is someone coming in and saying, yes, hi, we're desperate over here. We're, we'd like to be bought. Please buy us, right? I mean, I don't think they are desperate. You know, the, none of the language from Vince's sort of strange statement was was desperate. And I don't think any of the people at the company would feel that way because the performance of the company has been very strong. And better. Will... This is probably why he's back. Well, is because well, they're, they're doing so well without him. He's got to drive him nuts. It's it's hard to judge the before and after because that company makes all of its money from these deals with media companies. So right now, that's that you know Comcast and Fox, and that money is is basically fixed. And what they make from live events and consumer products and things like that is is very incremental. And so true, he, but he, the new management had done things to increase that revenue. They had, you know, gotten better fees for where they take their show. They've gotten they've done things that a, you know, professional corporate manager would do when taking over this company and they had increased profitability and it was doing well creatively. I am not a wrestling person, but judging by the my scan of the wrestling blogs that I I did last night, people tend to like the product right now. Well, Vince is a pretty controversial figure in that world, I mean, he's he's been atop the company for 40 years. He got there basically because he bought the company out from underneath his father um, and um, and then went about like consolidating all these different wrestling leagues, kind of violating all the unwritten rules of that world, not to get too lost in the weeds of the history. But what's really strange about it, I have to say, is I, I get that he didn't want to leave. It was the kind of these these payments that he made and allegations against him that forced him to leave. But if your goal is to get the best deal, you know, conduct a strategic review and get the best deal that you can for this company, he brought in someone previously in Nick Khan, who's, who was the president and is now the co-CEO with his daughter, Stephanie, whose best asset is that he's a deal maker. He's a yeah, former agent. Yeah, he comes agent. from CAA. And he yeah. did their deals prior to coming in the house. And so... I, if even if he were back, you'd want Nick in charge of those talks, which is one of the like I don't know if I, if I'm Vince McMahon and I'm 77 or 78, I forget what he is now, and I have all this money, just like let this guy make a great deal and take your money. But that's not why. That's also you know why I'm not Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean this guy has been center of the ring for 40 years, writes himself into the narrative of the WWE storylines, and you know he's an actor, he's a showman. And uh, I think that's why this has got to be so frustrating. I mean, Vince went out of his way to say that he has full confidence in the management and that this is not why he's coming back. And you're right. If that's not why, sit back and be the controlling shareholder and let them do the deal. But it gets to this question of whether now is the right time 
for WWE to be selling? And if so, who those potential buyers are. So let's get into that. And first, do you think this is now the right time? I happen to agree with him. I happen to think that, yes, this is probably the right time for WWE to sell. He's 77 years old. There is a a voracious appetite for original, exclusive, sports-related content that you can own. We know these streamers are out there looking for this stuff. The UFC deal that Endeavor did, a $4 billion deal for UFC, has widely been perceived as a big win for Endeavor. And this is a very profitable, fully contained sports, quote-unquote, league that is available for purchase. Someone's going to go for this. Yeah, I mean, look, the the reason that the timing is right is principally because they have their two of their big media deals coming up concurrently, and that's their deal with Fox uh, and their deal with Comcast. They have a separate deal with Comcast for that relates to to streaming and Peacock and what was formerly the kind of the WWE Channel Network, the online streaming service that they launched. But these are their these are for their two big weekly TV shows, and. It's very easy for them. I mean, so that one that just sort of dictates the future of the company, but it's also a moment for them to go to one of these partners that they have or any other potential partners and say, hey, you can pay us $300, $350, $400 million a year for these rights, or you can just buy us. And while it'll be more expensive in the short term, you'll save money if you plan on being in business with us for the next 15 or 20 years because we're not going anywhere. Um, So you pair that together with Vince's age and with the fact that, as, as you note, Sports and live events is basically the one resilient part in in media where the rights still go up. And there are, of course, those people who are a little worried that there will at some point be some peak because the, the TV business is just going to like break down. I'm not sure I buy into that. But it's definitely a moment to assess those options and see who's out there for them, whether that's one of these companies they're already in business with or some other third party that has, you know, sees value in it. Yeah, there's another thing. Vince put out a quote, and I'm going to read in part. He said, My return will allow WWE, as well as any transaction counterparties, to engage in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder. So he is essentially tying his return to the ability to get a deal done. Evil genius. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing (laughs) there. I mean, if you want to sell, you need to invite me back. Right. Implying that if, the managers, which, by the way, he handpicked these managers, if they were to do a deal without him involved in the company, that he could potentially veto it at any time, uh, that's not a great situation to go into. So they kind of forced their hand. And we should note that one of the managers, one of the co-CEOs, is his daughter, who he had previously sort of pushed out of the company. Yeah. Um, Oh, and these two board members. He also reshaped the board. And these two board members that he brought back are people that he had pretty unceremoniously fired and escorted out of the company. So this is a, you know, it's it's an interesting turn of events for sure. Um, So let's look at the landscape here. The analysts that I've seen suggest that the price to buy WWE would probably be in the six to eight billion dollar range, right? It's got to be at the higher end, I'd think, because, well, we'll see. So you go, I'm, you go back to 2014, which was sort of like the recent Nadir, or, and the, the, the company was only worth about $800, $850 million. By the end of 2021, it was up to about $4 billion. But it's now worth $6.6 because all these investors think that it's going to get sold. Like when all of the Vince scandal broke, 
the stock went up because right. investors saw that as an opportunity for the company to trade. And it's been resilient as all the other media company stocks are in the toilet. WWE is still hanging in there because people say a sale is imminent. Well, and because they have basically this guaranteed flow of money from TV networks, so they're a little less, you know, they're a little less vulnerable to changes in the economy. But usually when there's a deal like this, an acquirer has to pay above whatever the company is trading at, right? So if it is currently valued at 6.6, that would mean that an acquirer would want to offer seven, eight, nine, ten. if they're feeling crazy. Um, it's possible that because there's been this run-up tied to deal speculation. Yeah, that might be baked in already. Correct. Um, but that really de- is going to depend on 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 who we have buying, right? Because some of the, and I know, well, I know we'll get into this, like some of the candidates uh, are people who have a lot of money at their disposal. And then there are some that are not all that much bigger or even smaller than WWE and would need to raise a bunch of outside financing. Yeah, the one that keeps coming up is Endeavor because Endeavor bought UFC and that until this past week, it worked out pretty well. And I know they're going through the Dana White scandal right now, but UFC has been very good for Endeavor and it allowed that company to go public. And it, you know, most people on when they cover Endeavor from a market perspective, they consider that to be a mixed martial arts company, which also happens to have a robust representation business in WME and IMG and all sorts of other things. And is you know one of the scenarios would be that Endeavor buys WWE and combines the operations with UFC or runs them in a separate unit or something like that. Um, that would be a big ticket for a company like Endeavor. Yeah, I mean, I... I there are a lot of strategic rationales for it, a lot of kind of synergies, overlap, you know, doing two shows in the same market, things like that. They 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 could say they could just save a bunch of money doing that, but Endeavor is a 10 billion dollar company and so th- this would almost be a merger of equals, but it would make them the uh, like the undisputed champion of basically combat <laughs> sports. The heavyweight belt of yeah. combat sports. Uh interestingly, WME also represents The Rock which uh, I reported last night that I, I, you know, I know that the WWE would very much like The Rock to return for WrestleMania in April. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, given some of the backslides in his film career lately, I think that might be a good move for him. But that yeah. would allow W that would allow WME to deploy some of its movie stars and TV stars and sports stars into WWE. Right. And and w, WME could also, or Endeavor could also make the argument, we bought UFC, allowed it to run largely independent, just sort of optimize the business in certain ways, which would, I think, be very compelling to the McMahon family, which has been used to just doing whatever they want. Um, and they just have sort of Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro above them, kind of overseeing but the other i mean so there's the there's the endeavor they they should write ari emanuel into a wwe storyline make make him make him the new new yeah Yeah. he would be like the agent and then he would come in and like jump off the third pylon or something it'd be amazing i mean we've unfortunately seen ari with his shirt off at the beach and he looks pretty good so (laughs) the agent of chaos (laughs) the agent of chaos he could start screaming expletives at everyone Uh, it'd be amazing um, I mean, the the other name that gets tossed out the most along with Endeavor is Comcast because they already have a huge business relationship with WWE. They've been their primary broadcast partner. 
Um, if Don't you forget combine, Peacock. Do not forget Peacock. If you combine the Peacock deal with the Raw, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, with, with the Raw USA deal, they're already paying them almost five hundred million dollars a year. That P, that that USA deal, if they want to keep it, would go up probably quite a bit. And so then the question becomes: Do you want to pay this company six hundred million dollars a year, or do you just want to buy them for eight, and you know you'll amortize it over a longer period of time? Yeah, the only impediment there I see, I think it might be the Roberts family. I mean, they are a pretty conservative family that, you know, I don't think the McMahons would be a great mix with them. Uh, it's one thing to have big deals with them. It's another to own wrestling, and maybe they'll hold their nose and do it. But uh, that to me, I, I think there might be some pause there. It's also, you know, do they want to go that much in on this product? I mean, it is, we should say, as much as it's a valuable media property, it is still considered a second tier property in the sense that there are advertisers that still will not advertise on WWE. They, there are, you know, there is a little bit of a radioactivity around it, much as there was with the UFC as well. So it's not like you're buying Major League Baseball here or something like that. Well, and I, you know, it uh, its ratings are not as kind of invincible as the NFL or 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 certain other sports leagues, right? They tend to fluctuate because even though it, it is a live entertainment, it's also scripted and it needs stars. And so they tend to fluctuate when there's a big star and a lot of interest. And it is in a little bit of a lull right now. Like it doesn't have a star at the level of Hulk Hogan or The Rock. How dare you? Roman Reigns, man. I, he's he's big, but I don't think he's as big as their biggest stars. Yeah, and, um, true. He's also The Rock's cousin, weirdly. Um, there's also a rival league. I mean, WWE sort of had a monopoly. You alluded to that earlier. There is a rival league, but I don't. that doesn't make any impact, does it? AEW? A little bit. I mean, they're aligned with Turner. Uh, with Turner. Anyone aligned with Turner these days, uh, not the greatest situation. Trouble in paradise, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there is, you're right, there is a, it's not a monopoly. There are other, there's another bidder out there that could want the services of some of these big stars, which could drive up costs. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Okay, I have a couple of other names where I'm yeah. curious how you what you think of it. Um, so one other sort of obvious one, just because it's the other media partner, is Fox. And right. then the other one, um, which I think is sort of a fun scenario, is 
what if CAA copied the WME playbook and bought WWE as a means of going public? Yeah, I've talked to people at CAA about that scenario. And, you know, obviously they're not going to say we'd never do a deal. But that's a, a big, big price tag for a company like CAA, which is owned by a big hedge fund in TPG, but they've never done a deal like that. And it would be a, you know, they, the leadership of CAA is not Ari Emanuel. They are not empire builders. They have doubled down on the agency business lately and said, we are very much happy to be the best talent agency in Hollywood. So doing that would be a bit of an about face, I think. But Nick Khan, the CEO, came from CAA, from CAA. Yeah, and there there is a bit. There's whether this is manufactured or not. There is a certain sort of gentility to CAA that WME does not have. WME is kind of seen as more of a bruiser. Yeah, yep, it's true. Um, and you know the the other one with Fox is Fox doesn't have a general interest streaming service. They have Fox Nation, which doesn't seem like a great fit for wrestling content maybe it would be but that you know if they if they were were to own WWE they'd have to figure out a streaming future for this product right but don't they have to figure out but isn't that true of the company regardless <laughs> because it's sure they have Fox News but for the Fox broadcast network they they need in theory an online alternative they they might argue it's Tubi it's their their free streaming service which is what they could use but i don't think WWE wants its programming on a free service Right. And it's so expensive that it might not make sense. Or maybe it does. I mean, maybe they use it as an upcharge or something like that uh, on their existing To create services. a paid, yeah. Do you think that, is there is there any world in which a, a tech company that is getting more interested in entertainment and sports j- jumps in? Uh, the only one I see as a potential would probably be Amazon. I don't think Apple would touch the WWE. I think they consider themselves to premium and kind of uh, rarefied for this kind of content. I think Amazon might. They are going, uh, for lack of a better word, more kind of middle brow in their in their pursuits in television. And they could run the numbers and say, okay, this is what WWE brings to Peacock. This is the audience on Linear. We could snap this up and make something of it. So Amazon makes a little bit of sense to me. Also, they have unlimited money. $8 billion is nothing to them. Yeah. I, I mean, Amazon makes some sense. I, the, the one that I think would actually make a lot of sense, but what I don't think will do it is Netflix. Why? I mean, just because they've been out there trolling for sports leagues? I don't know. I mean, they've been pretty clear that they're not actually that serious about sports, at least not yet. But, but we know I mean, they looked at like buying a surf league and they looked they at... Did, you know, yes, they did. Yes, but those are... so. That's like a pretty niche investment, right? Like Netflix's whole thing, the reason why WWE makes some sense is because Netflix's approach to sports has been, we don't want to rent rights, which is Mm -hmm. sort of ironic considering that a lot of their their film and TV business has been renting rights. But it's if we're going to do this, we want to like own, control, distribute globally. And they could do that with WWE. It is a relatively global of entertainment. It's more enter- pure. It's more entertainment than sports, even though it gets labeled as sports because it's it's a live event. Right. Um, they're yeah, starting, these are actors. Essentially, they're starting to experiment in live, starting with 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 stand up. Um, 
And yeah, they oh, right. could, they're they, doing a Chris Rock special. They in could March. use they you know it'd be good from for their ad business. They could use it to bring together. Um, they they could kind of create spinoff programs. I I think that there are there's some things there that totally work. Um, but you know Netflix has certainly never done a deal of that size. And going from doing a Chris Rock live special to two WWE shows a week and what whatever else. I mean, it's it's a big enough. It it, it would inj- inject enough change into the company that I'm not sure they're ready to do it. But it would be very interesting. Also, what you get with this is the kind of live touring show that the WWE is. I mean, that's why it's such a fantastic business. You are producing two TV shows a week and all of these special events, and your audience is paying to attend the tapings. It's kind of amazing. So Netflix would then have to go all in on this business of essentially touring sports or sports rights, sports-like yeah. events and i don't know that they want to do that yeah no totally and you brought i'm curious you brought it up with with sort of apple and holding its nose but how much reticence do you think there would be on the part of any prospective buyer that you would be getting in business with vince mcmahon given all of the allegations against him over the last six to 12 months i mean i think in any wwe deal you are contemplating a post vince society here where you know he could he may be with the company for now and he may linger for three to five years but you know the guy's getting up there he's not going to be around forever and you got to think long term the question is are is the the next generation are stephanie and triple h the answer for the creative engine that has run this company for 40 years and at least the initial suggestions are that they're doing fine um, I don't know long term, and I'm not enough of a wrestling expert to see down the line on whether they can keep up this creative satisfaction of their fans that, that has kept the company going. But there is a plan in place. I mean, Stephanie is his daughter and has been uh, has been running the company with Nick Khan. And Triple H seems like a an answer, at least in the short term, for the creative stuff. Yeah, or, or the long term. I mean, he or can't, the long term. Yeah, he can't. He can't wrestle anymore because of of um, kind of some health problems, and he obviously has a ton of experience as uh, as a wrestler um, and has been in charge of the creative for the past several months. So he's popular. Craig has a Triple H headband and muscle shirt, so he's super popular. I do. I, what I remember, I didn't like Triple H when he was a wrestler, or I mean, what, what during my peak wrestling viewing period, because I was definitely a fan of The Rock, and they were sort of enemies. Ah, there you go. You're a wrestling guy. I was a big wrestling guy in my in my youth. One of my best friends at the time was like a total wrestling nut. Mm. Um. So. All right. So I'm going to throw one wild card in here, and feel free to shoot it down. What about Disney? Would Disney ever buy the WWE? That's an interesting. I mean, look, it it fits in the Bob Iger camp, right? Of like IP ownership and things that they can exploit on multiple properties. I'm not sure it. He Iger has always been very protective of sort of the family friendly. Disney brand. And so I'm not sure I could see there being like a WWE experience at Disneyland. Um, no, but you know, they do UFC fights on ESPN plus. Look, if they're if they're willing to to be in business with UFC and have have basically said nothing as best I can tell since over the kind of the 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 Dana White scandal of the week. Um 
there's no reason why they they couldn't. That's that's certainly true. I do think ownership is different from licensing. I mean, look, they're in business with the NFL, which is a, a fundamentally dangerous sport. Um, <laughs> true. I don't, so there's, but I I think ownership is different. But it's 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 definitely a fun idea, and you have to imagine that if uh, if Ari Emanuel caught wind that that they were thinking about doing that, that he might then try to jump the line and. And sell them his company instead. I I, I realize that couldn't happen Wait, for a whole host. Di- of reasons, Yeah, Disney but. would never buy Endeavor. I mean, they they would own the stars <laughs> of their shows. Yeah, uh, that would be a problem. That uh, we we will see what happens here. It should be fascinating six months or so in the world of WWE. Appreciate it, Lucas. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. All right, we are back with the call sheet. Craig, you excited about the Golden Globes? Sure, yeah. I think the Golden Globes are viewed as the award show that Ricky Gervais hosts and shits on people at. Yes. Which is the best one. Yeah. No, it's fun. People like it. It's film and TV. It's a bunch of stars crammed into a room. They're drinking champagne. Uh, It's a lot more fun to be there than it is to be at the Oscars or the Emmys or one of the snooty award shows. But the Globes have had some problems lately. It's funny. Like This is a very big deal in Hollywood, the whole Golden Globes controversy. And I just feel like people in the real world do not even know that this has been a thing the past two years. Yes, I can attest to that. It's crazy. If you didn't read my newsletter, you would not have any idea there was a Golden Globes controversy, right? Yeah, yeah. So the Hollywood Foreign Press, who gives out the Golden Globes, has been mired in this scandal since it was revealed, even though most people in Hollywood knew this, that they are not a very diverse organization. In fact, they had zero black members, and they are a little dodgy. They (laughs) have a history of accepting gifts, and they put themselves on these committees, and they pay themselves money, and... There was a whole uproar over this and a group of publicists that represent stars who don't like the Golden Globes because they do a lot of things that they the publicists can't control. Like they have these press conferences and they make the stars show up and take selfies with them and things like that. They boycotted and the rest of Hollywood followed. So for the past year and a half, the Golden Globes have been boycotted and did not air on NBC last year as they normally do. Now that has been somewhat resolved. They instituted a bunch of reforms. The publicists are now back on board, meaning the studios can be back on board, and the talent is planning to show up for the Golden Globes. Uh, But NBC, which airs the Globes, is basically putting them on a trial run. They did a one-year deal to air the show. They moved it from Sunday night to Tuesday night to accommodate the extra NFL game and the fact that they now have Sunday Night Football on that traditional Globe State. And the national championship is tonight for college football. Right. And so they didn't want to do it on Monday. So they pushed it to Tuesday. And here we go. The Golden Globes are back. And my prediction is that the ratings for the Golden Globes are going to go up from the pandemic Zoom Globes in 2021. (laughs) Okay, that's a a bit of a softball pick there, but sure. It is. They only had 6.9 million viewers, which was a 63% drop from 2020. Um, But my prediction is they will get nowhere near the 2020 show, which had 18.4 million viewers who tuned into the Golden Globes. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. Obviously, there's been a drop-off in overall linear television viewership, Award shows are feeling the heat from that. The Oscars don't even do 18 million now. Last year, the Oscars were about 16.6 million. Um, I think the move to Tuesday is going to be problematic for the Globes because people are used to watching award shows on Sundays. The Globes had a football lead-in that year that they got to 18 million. 
And I think the overall stink around the globes and the fact that there's still some COVID protocols, the show's not going to really look the same. There's going to you know, be, there'll be stars, but not quite as many stars as before. Overall, it's going to be lower than 2020, but higher than 2021. All right, that's the show today. I want to thank my guest, Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. And I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck. We'll see you in a couple of days. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.